Welcome to You, But More Powerful. I'm your host, Rhiannon, and this is your go-to podcast for raw and expansive messages from health, fitness, business, and mindset, and as always, with a little bit of fun sprinkled in. My purpose is to help you step into your most powerful self and build your dream life. You'll gain clarity, connection, and confidence with a whole lot of practical skills along the way. I know you're in exactly the right place to level up, build the body, mindset, and life you absolutely love and thrive in. Let's go. Welcome back to my listeners and hello again to my YouTube watchers. We're going to dive straight in with this podcast episode, discussing a problem that I see so many men and women make when it comes to achieving long-term sustainable results with their nutrition. Now, I'm not going to discuss the sustainability of fat loss or talk about different phases too much. We will save that for another time. But what we're actually going to discuss is some of the mistakes I see people make over and over again when it comes to their nutrition strategy. And the first mistake is number one, having an all or nothing approach to eating out and achieving your goals, which really does lead into number two, where it's not actually understanding the principles when it comes to fat loss or physique progress and how to customize a nutrition strategy to suit your own needs, your lifestyle, your approach, the phase that you're in, etc. So that kind of leads back into the fuck it approach. And there we are back at number one, going all in or not at all. And as we know, the all or nothing gets nothing every single time. So why are we going to discuss these different strategies and useful tools? Because unless you're a competitive athlete, chances are you're still going to have different events, life, times that you're going to eat out and eat away from home. I mean, traveling, hello. Um, And by the end of this episode, you're going to have three ways to actually tackle and manage your nutrition when eating out and a framework to ask yourself or to be able to run yourself through on how to decide which strategy is going to work best for you. So we know that nutrition plays a huge role when it comes to physique progress, both achieving and maintaining lean and jacked physique. But where are people going wrong? Okay. So just like becoming a bad bitch with your money means that you're following a budget, becoming a bad bitch with your body also means that you're following a budget, but it's a calorie one. So if we think about it like this, we know that we need to consume less than we burn to facilitate a fat loss outcome, energy in versus energy out. But let's think about this like money, okay? So when we spend, that's when we're consuming, okay? So spending money is like consuming food and drink and earning money, you know, getting your paycheck is kind of like expending um, your calories or your energy output, okay? So if we think about it in this way, if we actually spend So consume, so spend more money than we earn. We're going to have a deficit of money, okay? So that's going to be the same as a deficit of weight. If we spend the same amount as money as we earn, we're going to have the same amount of money or same weight. And if we spend less than we earn, we're going to end up with a surplus of money or more weight, okay? So then it now comes into macro distribution. You've also already got your macros and you've been following my channel for a while. And if not, please give me a follow, hit the subscribe button if you're watching that body episode. Um, But we're going to chat through different ways that we can manage our nutrition whilst still eating out. Okay. So the first strategy that we have is calorie banking. Okay, so what is calorie banking? Essentially, it is a dietary approach where individuals, us, are going to allow for a little bit more flexibility in our diet by, say, banking 
extra calories consumed on one day to be offset by consuming fewer calories on another day or multiple days. So the idea is to be able to balance the calorie intake over the course of a week rather than trying to restrict calories every single day, so to speak. Okay. So an example that I'm going to give you is say, if we're going to go to a restaurant on a weekend um, and we decide that we want to use the calorie banking method. So what we may choose to do is bank, say, 25 grams of carbs or hundred calories, or we can, you know, choose different figures. But for this context, we're going to bank these over our five days leading up to this event. So Monday through to Friday, we're going to deduct hundred calories or 25 grams of carbs off our, we're not going to take it from protein, but off our macros that we've been given for our overall week, right? So this is actually going to provide us if we do hundred calories for five days, that's 500 calories extra for this particular meal out. Okay. Now, as we know, there are absolute pros and cons to anything. Look at some of the pros when it comes to calorie banking. They're things like a bit of flexibility. It's going to allow for flexibility within the diet, making it easier to adhere to long-term. And we know if you listen to episode three, the fundamentals are finding an approach and a strategy that you can adhere to for the long-term, right? It's going to provide a little bit more balance. So it's going to, you know, be able to encourage you to average things out over the course of your week rather than just looking at things through this isolated day-to-day lens. Um, And this, again, as we know, consistency over time is the thing that gets us those long-term results anyway. And it can also help, you know, just with a little bit of, um, you know, stress reduction uh, by having a strategy that we can apply we feel really comfortable and confident that we can start to you know, play around with these different strategies. So um, depending on the way that you're looking at it, there's some of those pros and obviously adherence being the number one underlining all of that. Then if we have a look at the cons of calorie banking, okay, it can be quite complex. So if you are new to macro tracking, it can be a little time consuming and a little more complicated um, if you're not quite familiar with all of this stuff. Um, so again, you know, finding a strategy that's going to work for you. Uh, there's always a trade-off with everything. Maybe you spend a little bit more time understanding, learning um, to have that trade-off in the long run. It also, if we're just following calorie banking and we're not really taking care of all of those fundamentals with your five serves of veg, your two serves of fruit, you can lack a bit of nutritional balance. Okay. This is something that I discuss a lot when it comes to just that, if it fits your macros approach, um, if we're just taking into consideration calorie intake and we're not taking into consideration quality, um, we could potentially lose that there. Um, it can also, you know, lead to potentially overeating, right? So banked calories could be used in the wrong way, just like anything to lead to something like overeating on a particular day, which can be, as we know, a bit of a an issue or a long-term problem. And these are just things to be mindful of as well. And it may not be suitable for everyone in every phase. Okay. So where calories might be quite limited, say example, in the back end of a fat loss phase, it could be quite challenging to be able to pull some of these calories off those other days to be able to pull them and bank them, so to speak, for this one particular, you know, night of the week or day, etc. So I just want to dive into that one a little bit more um, because calorie banking, I believe, is a really useful tool, but we also need to be aware of the negative side effects so that we can put some strategies in place to be able to overcome any of those obstacles that might pop up. So before I discuss some of the negative side effects, so to speak, with lower calorie days. Let's talk about calorie cycling. So that's strategy number two. So calorie cycling essentially is a dietary approach, again, where we can alternate between higher and lower calorie days. Um, So again, the goal is to create balance over the 
our calories over the total of our week as opposed to one particular day. Now, those that are coaching with me inside of the glow up would know that we do look a lot at weekly averages as opposed to one offs, especially when it comes to scales and certain data. Okay, so when we're talking about our calorie cycling, this could look like, you know, five days, one set calories and two days at another. We could even use three days and four days or six and one. So essentially, it's just splitting up your seven calories, sorry, seven days worth of calories um, and, you know, factoring them in accordingly. Okay. So this actual method can be extremely useful um, when your daily expenditure is highly varied. Okay. So as an example, myself, when I was heavily on the gym floor, Tuesdays and Thursdays were very easily like 20 K step days, a very hot environment. Um, I would actually train on one of these particular days as well. So the amount of calories that I would need just to be at a maintenance would be much higher than other days. Okay. So using something like a calorie, recycling day where it's an extra you know, piece of fruit or an extra meal, um, depending on your calorie budget can be utilized on these particular days to again, help with that adherence and mitigate any of those negative effects, especially in a fat loss phase of such a large deficit and seeing those fluctuate over the course of your week. I do have a lot of girls, um, that I work with as well that really thrive off a higher calorie day midweek. Just again, for that adherence. And when we're looking at things over the course of your whole week, as opposed to one particular day, this can very much help with not only gym performance, but nutritional compliance as well. And that's the fundamental. We need to have that nutritional compliance. Now, as you know, I said, there's pros and cons with absolutely everything. So Something to be aware of when it comes to our low calorie days is they can actually have a significant impact on our training performance and our overall energy levels. Now we know that this is crucial when it comes to our physique progress. So I just wanted to discuss a few of the effects of low calorie days and potential ways to be able to mitigate their impact. Okay. So if we think about our calorie banking or our calorie cycling method on those lower calorie days, we would potentially see a decreased energy level. Okay. So lower calories can definitely result in a drop in our energy and it can make it more difficult to follow through on the things that we said we were going to do. It can make it more difficult to be able to train at the same intensity that we normally would. And this can then start to have a bit of a flow on effect of decreased performance, fatigue, decreased motivation. And you can see that kind of thing unraveling there. Now, another one to be aware of is potential impacts to our hormonal balance. So obviously low calorie days can lead to some imbalances here, um, throwing around different hormones. Um, and it can, you know, then impact again, our overall performance. We just need to make sure that we are aware and try and use some strategies that I'll mention in a second to be able to mitigate this type of stuff. Um, and as well as the third one being some decreased glycogen stores. So our low calorie days um, also, you know, tend to mean lower carbohydrate days. Um, and then again, lowering our glycogen stores in our muscles. We know our carbohydrate store in our muscles. And this is essentially our primary energy source for exercise. So again, this can start to re result in decreased endurance, decreased strength, decreased overall performance. So we can see if we're not quite aware of what we're doing and how it impacts that it has the potential to start to derail us quite quickly. So on the flip side of that, if we look at ways to be able to mitigate the effects of our lower calorie days, if we are opting for a calorie banking or calorie cycling method, we can utilize and implement the following strategies. 
Number one, focusing on our nutrient dense foods. So even on our lower calorie days, it's going to be really important, even on our higher calorie days, but we're focusing on that food quality. So we want to focus on nutrient dense foods that are going to provide us all of the right vitamins and minerals, our protein sources, our whole grains, our fruits and our veg, making sure that we're ticking the absolute bare basic, bare minimums there before we start to utilize those calories for other types of foods. Because we have such a small amount on these lower days, making sure that we're filling up on the right things first. Strategy number two would be utilizing our rest days or our cardio days, so to speak, for our lower calorie days, if possible, where we won't need to have as high level strength and athletic performance in the gym if we are utilizing that. The third one would be increasing our protein intake. So depending on what phase we are in, it may be advantageous if we are upping our protein intake on these lower calorie days to be able to preserve as much muscle mass as possible, as well as supporting our overall athletic performance in the gym. The fourth one would be hydration. So making sure that we are, again, always staying hydrated, but really making sure we're drinking plenty of water on these lower calorie days. And again, I repeat, adherence is absolutely everything. So whatever we can stick to, that's what we're going to want to use. Okay. Now, the final strategy when eating out uh, is utilizing the hand portioning method or opting for some, you know, quotation marks, smarter choices. Okay. So instead of opting for the highest calorie, highest fat option with our dishes, we could opt for some dishes that are grilled or baked or steamed, um, you know, incorporating an extra serving of vegetables, etc. Because if we do think about restaurant cooking, they're probably going to be using more oils or higher fat dressings comparatively to what we would do at home. Okay. So utilizing this kind of strategy, opting for those leaner cuts and, you know, that type of thing, especially when you're new, can really just help you get some context around what you're consuming. Again, utilizing the same concepts of where we want to eat until we are full and ensure that we're enjoying ourselves, not just stuffing ourselves sick for the sake of it. Um, But again, you know, eating slowly, savoring each bite and stopping when we're actually feeling satisfied and not stuffed. Now, how can we utilize our hand to be able to portion control? Basically, the hand portioning method, again, you'll find the full resource in the link below, Um, but it's a simple and effective way to be able to get some context around serving sizes um, without needing to use any kind of measuring cups or scales as we can't really necessarily whip those out at the restaurant. Basically, it involves using our our hand as a guide to be able to portion out um, our our serving sizes. So how does it work in a bit of a nutshell um, for our protein sources like our chicken, our fish, our meat or other alternatives, um, the serving sizes about the size of our palm for our carbohydrates, like our pastas, our rice, our bread, um, all those types of things. The serving size is a cupped hand for our fruits and our veg. um, A serving size is about the size of our fist. Um, And for our fats, like our oil, our butter, our cheeses, the serving size is the side of our thumb. So the hand portioning method is a really convenient way um, to be able to get some context. As a general rule, if you are under 70 kilos, you're going to be opting for one palm, one cupped hand, one, etc to incorporate your plate. If you're over 70 kilos, you're going to double that. Um, But again, hit the resource link below. That's going to go into all the detail for you as well. Really, really useful um, when you are 
eating out and you don't have access to scales. Now, as promised, I said I was going to give you a bit of a framework to be able to decide on what one of these three strategies or a combination of all three are going to be useful and advantageous to you before we wrap up. Okay, so some of the questions that I would suggest that you ask yourself and maybe get a pen and paper and write these things down is what phase are you in? Are you in a fat loss phase, a maintenance phase, a growth phase, a habit formation phase? What phase are you in? Because this is going to be able to sway what kind of flexibility that you have. So maybe in a maintenance or a growth phase, using something as like the hand plan, that's a little less meticulous, a little less accurate, so to speak, um, and a little bit more room for error. That might be okay, given your timelines, your goals, what you're currently doing. Comparatively to a fat loss phase in a prep for a photo shoot, you might want to opt for something a little bit more um, meticulous, a bit more under that microscope. Again, these are the decisions to make. Use your values as your compass to be able to guide you in the direction that's going to move you towards your goals and, and head you towards those visions. Okay, so first one, what phase are you in? Next one, how long have you been in that phase for? So again, if you're very new to the phase, maybe you want to be a little more um, tighter or stricter with what you're doing. If you've been in it for a really long time, feeling really comfortable, you might want to go for a more relaxed approach. Again, how's your mental state around tracking and not tracking? So is not tracking actually going to cause you more stress than tracking? I definitely know a period in my life, not tracking gave me so much more stress than it was worth. So tracking some things down and learning, especially when you're quite new, can be very valuable. The next one is how meaningful is it for you to potentially eat outside of your targets compared to the overall impact of being specific? Okay, so how important is it going to be to you in say four weeks time if you over or under consumed and it had a potentially negative impact on the results you're trying to achieve? Now, for some people that are quite new, maybe you've got some you know really big goals, but really big timelines as well, um, you know, that might be okay. But for someone who has a more pressing timeline, like a wedding, a photo shoot, a holiday, things that can't be moved, maybe going with a more specific approach is going to be a lot more helpful to you and your physique progress. Next question and final question essentially is how important is it to you to decide to take time away from tracking and what's going to be that impact if you do take some time off? Okay, so how important is it to you and what is that impact going to be? So again, I will leave a copy of all of those questions in the notes and description section, whatever platform you are listening or watching from. Um, But again, if we just kind of recap a more relaxed versus more specific approach, more relaxed too specific. We're going to go in order. So things like mindful eating, that hand portioning guide, that's that more relaxed. Stepping it up might be using something like the calorie banking. Moving up again, we might be using something like our five and two day split in our calorie cycling. Next up, we might start to really track the protein and calories using the guesstimates, planning ahead, tracking our meals out, utilizing the nutritional information that we can get from restaurants ahead of time and kind of playing around with all those types of things, punching some numbers in before you go. Okay, so we can see here more relaxed, more specific. Using that framework is going to help dictate what method you're going to go with. Um, And again, really excited to hear how you guys go with this. If this was valuable to you, did you enjoy it? Did you learn something? What kind of methods have you used in the past? I would absolutely love to know. But again, stay jacked. Let's get the gains and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the You But More Powerful podcast. 
if you're determined to continue to expand and grow and reach heights you never thought were possible, you'll want to make sure you're subscribed so you'll never miss out on a single episode. If you loved today's, I would absolutely love your feedback and to see you tag at you but more powerful underscore podcast on Instagram. See you guys in the next episode.